five minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Friday, Erev Shabbos. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, and we are in a uh, Sphera format Friday. Um, unusual, of course, for the 5th of ER to be a Sphera format, but of course, as we've explained multiple times, yesterday was observed as Yom Ha'atzma'ut, Israel Independence Day, because of the proximity that the 5th of ER has to Shabbos. It's Erev Shabbos. Um, and therefore, the uh, entire state of Israel and the Jewish world moves the celebration to the 4th of ER um, because of the risk, God forbid, of Chilul Shabbos, desecration of Shabbos, which is still, in my opinion, pretty amazing and unbelievable. Um, I want to thank those who were a part of the Quiz Real Day yesterday. We had quite a time, to say the least. Congratulations to the elementary school winners, to the high school winners, with a special shout-out to Kushner Yeshiva High School that really dominated uh, the um, the high school division. And congratulations to all the winners from last night from around the world who were a part of the Quiz Real main uh, trivia contest. And a special thank you to Nefesh Benefesh, and a special thank you to uh, Charity Bids, and a special thank you to El Al and all the sponsors. It was quite a day of... Uh, <laughs> of having fun and being educated about Israel, uh, all because of Quizreel. And I hope next year, please God, they should have it again, that all the schools and all the individuals will join in and uh, hop on. It was really a uh, a great way to spend the Yom Ha'atzmaut. I also wanted to mention, because uh, it came up yesterday, we've uh, finally, <laughs> we've gotten um, confirmation about what happened on the diaspora side of the uh, of the international bible contest the Chidona Tanakh uh, I want to thank um, listener Yehudis who posted that Maya Trat is the first place winner in the Chidona Tanakh first, third, fourth and sixth all come from the Frisch Yeshiva High School in Paramus, New Jersey unbelievable and they'll represent next year's contest in Israel um, oh uh, no 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 that's, I think it's a separate comment Anyway, congratulations. Um, I'm not, not sure why someone would post the, not the results I wanted, unless I'm not understanding that. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, congratulations. It's pretty amazing. What an accomplishment. And uh, special kudos to everybody at Frisch for the uh, multiple victories. That's what I would call it, multiple victories in the Chidona Tanakh. And congratulations to all the winners. Diaspora, Israel. Everybody who uh, participated, and thanks to listening to Yehudas for that. A um, a very tough day, Yom Ha'atzmaut yesterday in Israel. Uh, I'm sure many of you are aware, based on the news out there, that at least three people were killed and four injured in a terrorist attack in Alad near Petach Tikva toward the end of Yom Ha'atzmaut. Men in their 40s were the three victims. Yonatan Chabakuk, a father of five, Boaz Gol, a father of five, and Oren Ben Yiftach, a father of six, from Lud. Two people seriously wounded and transported to Sheba Medical Center. Another 40-year-old man was moderately wounded, and a 23-year-old uh, man who fought with the terrorists was uh, conveyed to be in mild condition, was co- was conveyed in mild condition to the hospital. Um, the um, MDA volunteer, Mutti Sinvert, who was quoted, said, unfortunately, this incident will be deeply etched in my heart, in all my years as an emergency medical paramedic, I've not encountered such a severe scene of multiple casualties with significant penetrating injuries. Residents who went out just to 
breathe fresh air in the park and their lives were ended so harshly. This is a massacre and bloodbath that's reminiscent of dark days in the history of Israel. I hope that I and the rest of the emergency services that dealt with the horrific event will be able to return to routine after the difficult images that we saw. Um, the victims were injured by two people, one wielding an axe in two different locations, including near the Alad Amphitheater Park. And um, the attack came, of course, toward the end of Yom Atzimut, with many families gathering outside. And um, these two maniacs went on this murderous attack, uh, which has shocked the heart and soul of the Israeli people and, of course, of uh, people who care about Israel all around the world. Um, we kept saying that uh, there was a certain number of uh, of our brothers and sisters, uh, I think the number was 15, that have been murdered since March the 1st in Israel and terror attacks. And now, of course, on this Yom Atzmud attack, that number just increases. And um, obviously we'll discuss this and its implications and ramifications and what it has to do with the uh, future of the Israeli government, etc. But right now, these two guys are at large. They are wanted. Uh, a manhunt continues for them. And um, it says here they were from Janine, working in the uh, city of Alad illegally. And now 16 children are fatherless and families are in deep mourning as these terrorists, armed with knives and axes, went on a murderous rampage in the city of Elad. It is... um, Yet another reminder of the enemy that wants to destroy our people and the enemy that will go to any length to encourage young people and others to go on these murderous attacks. J.M. and the A.M. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos on this May 6th, the 5th of E.R. Today's day 20 in the counting of the Omer, two weeks and six days. Day number 20, it's Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kedoshim. I know that that's only for the diaspora, but that's the reality. Uh, we have this 14-week discrepancy that um, that is uh, a little bit hard to uh, fathom that Israel and diaspora are on different schedules, so to speak partial wise for the next three months but that's the reality that is the reality um sunday's mother's day happy mother's day to all the moms out there sunday is mother's day happy mother's day to all the moms who are certainly appreciated uh by the children and grandchildren out there that i could tell you especially in our community the greater jewish community Nobody like mom. And uh, we take this opportunity to wish everybody a happy Mother's Day. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM. Uh, Malcolm Honeline is scheduled to join us. 
He is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations. He'll join us later on, 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Harry Rothenberg, Rabbi Yudin, will both speak about Parshas Kedoshim. We'll wrap things up at 9 a.m. Eastern Time, full day on the uh, stream, including Kedem's presentation of the Arab Shabbos Music Mix. Make sure you're listening all the way until candle lighting time. Your family and your and your drive and your um, your whole atmosphere on a Friday will be enhanced if you're listening to us on a Friday broadcast all through the day on the air of Shabbos Music Mix on the Nachum Siegel Network. And Avrami uh, tomorrow night with Saturday Night Siegel. Matas has JM Sunday on Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Just a whole lot going on all the time. Yesterday was our Yom Atzmoot special, and I know that uh, we had some comments about the... Got a couple of emails as well about the uh, eeriness of the Throwback Thursday that we had on yesterday. Throwback Thursday yesterday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time was the replay of the last Yom Atzmoot special that I hosted with Mayor Weingarten last year. And um, people commented about that. It was nice to relive it, but difficult to relive it, frankly. More coming up. You're listening to a Friday morning Arab Shabbos at JM in the air. Ich bin der 
Oh. 
Oh. 
Carried on a song. Whoa, I asked the man, I saw how many 
JM in the AM. Minion Man is, of course, from uh, Schlock Rock. In this case, uh, in this case, Schlockapella. Here at the JM in the AM. Um. Before that, AKA Pella with Bowie. You heard Avarachim done by Tzvi Silberstein. Leif Tahar, that was La Cole's Man Voice. Bitachon had Lachad Odi and the Friedman family with Mayadidus here at JM in the AM. Good morning. It's a Friday. We are uh, in the aftermath of a wonderful Yomatz mood and a fantastic quiz reel day yesterday. A big shout out again to our friends at the uh, Kushner High School for their uh, remarkable performance yesterday in the high school division. Heard some great feedback. Heard great feedback from uh, from them and from our friends at YCQ. A big shout-out to Rabbi Landsman. Uh, our friends at Hafter. Uh, they also had great reaction to yesterday's quiz reel. So, again, thank you to Nefesh Ben Nefesh and to Alal and all the sponsors and to Charity Bids. It was really a um, very effective, fun, and educational program for Yom Hatzmot. Uh, but, of course, in the aftermath of this Yom HaTzmut celebration, our special yesterday, and uh, we hear the news of uh, what happened to uh, our brethren in Israel in the city of Elad. As the enemy continues, it doesn't matter that it's Yom HaTzmut. It doesn't matter that it's a great day in modern Jewish history. Maybe that's, in fact, one of the reasons that they chose the, uh, the day of attack. Um... I don't want to give them that much credit, though. I think they just have a uh, wanton desire to destroy and and murder our people. So a uh, a difficult Friday in Israel, as these two terrorists are still at large, and as uh, sixteen children are now left without a father. Three fathers murdered yesterday in the Elad attack. Keep in mind what our brothers and sisters in Israel go through even during good times. Friday morning, JM in the AM on this era of Shabbos, candlelighting at 7.37 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. 7.37 candlelighting time in New York. Sunday is Mother's Day with a big Mother's Day. Hello to everybody and a, and a happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. 57 degrees, lots of rain. Rain today, rain tonight, rain tomorrow in this area. Right now, 61 in Yerushalayim. We've got 57 here in Teaneck, New Jersey. So we broadcast from our makeshift studio in Teaneck with a big thank you to L.E.Y. Katz and those responsible for uh, for uh, opening up their doors to us in the aftermath of um, the NSN studio fire, which I think was six weeks ago this past, it's six weeks ago this coming Sunday, right? I think it's six weeks this coming Sunday. And um, I appreciate all the uh, all the people out there who ask about how things are going and how we're doing. Uh, much appreciated. Um, looks like it's still going to be some time before we're able to even start thinking of a real rebuild process. Right now, the space that we were in in New York is um, being cleared out and being renovated as a basic facility. Oh, was six weeks has passed? No, this, this yeah, Mother's Day will be six weeks. Um Anyways, that's the story, and uh, meanwhile, we have our uh, small makeshift studio in New York City. We have our makeshift studio here in Teaneck, and uh, we are proud to say that we've been on the air every day since that uh, disaster, and uh, we continue to move forward. Thrilled that we were able to provide a, a Yom Atzimut special yesterday, which included words from the Rav, 
uh, in that segment, which we thank Dr. Arnie Lustiger for. Uh, it included our conversation with Yishai Fleischer. It included our conversation with Benji Kramer on the Hatikva, which was really cool. We had a lot of nice elements to yesterday's Yom Atzimut special. If you missed any of it, you know what I'm going to say. <laughs> Head to the archive section later on and um, and check it out. You'll certainly be glad that you did. This portion of NSN programming brought to you by our friends at A&H. Well, <laughs> yesterday was grilling day in Israel and beyond for those who really wanted to take their Yom Atzimut seriously. I would assume a whole lot of A&H hot dogs, as was suggested on uh, social media, were used to enhance the day and really enjoy Yom Hatzmaut. So a big salute to A&H, as they wish everybody a uh, Yom Hatzmaut Sameach on this 5th of ER. And um, and they continue to be great, proud sponsors of our programming here on the Nahum Siegel Network, and I thank them very, very much for that. I thank them very, very much for that. More coming up. We're in a Sphere format Friday, Erev Shabbos, an hour away from Malcolm Holmline and the uh, weekly update. And, of course, plenty more if you keep it right here at JM in the AM.
just Torah each and every day. But we just close our eyes and ears to everything you say. And all we like to do is sit and watch our TV sets. We talk about the Yankees, the Dodgers, and the Mets. Ba, ba, ba. From Brooklyn, how we prayed it wouldn't rain. Old nine of us got on the bus with our gloves and bats. Revy also came along with his jacket, tie, and hat. Right from the start, we all could see things weren't going right. Some big strong kid from Bensonhurst had hit one out of sight. And just when things were looking up, the tide about to turn. Catcher went and broke his leg while sliding into third. It's a forfeit crime, the other team, you've only got eight guys. No, no we don't. don't. A deep voice said, much to our surprise. Since I am near Remy, well, the fifth thing you would see is let me be the ninth man. The ninth man on the team. Revy went, picked up a bat, faced the pitcher with a smile. Knocked the cover off that ball, went about half a mile. He flew around the bases, scored the winning run. We danced and cheered until he said, Now boys, you owe me one. Next day in the classroom, no one moved and no one stirred. Revy started teaching and his voice, it could be heard. We all said, hey, it's interesting. Manny's no more. The legendary side bombs were gone forevermore. Revy used to teach us Torah each and every day. We opened up our eyes and ears to everything you'd say. And no more did we sit all day and watch our TV sets. We talk about the Rashi, the Tosfos, and the Mets. Ninth man with... Um Leif Tahar, Avrami Flam's Habait, Dudi Kalish with Sama, and you're listening to America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored digital radio around the world of women, NachumSigl.com and the NachumSigl Network, and of course on the beloved NSN app. Aviv Geffen, Boaz Sharabi, Ivri Lider, Veshiri Maimon. News from Israel coming up next. Weekly update at about 7.40 a.m. Eastern Time with Malcolm Honline. I would assume the uh, terror attack in Alad is going to be the uh, top story, unfortunately. Candlelighting 7.37 on this Erev Shabbos. Uh, day 20 in the counting of the Omer. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Day number 20, two weeks and six days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Don't forget when you go to artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio for your discount and for your free shipping, no matter what you're ordering. Artscroll.com, always use promo code radio. Kali Tzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for Friday is next.
בוקר טוב עם ג'מיאן. גלי צהל השעה שתיים, שלום רב באולפן אלעזר בן לולו עם מה שקורה עכשיו. הפיגוע באלעד, מסעות ההלוויות של שלושת הנרצחים יחלו בשעה זו. באלעד אלפים התאספו להספיד את הקורבנות ולשאת תפילה. שיר המעלות לדוד, לולי אדוני שהיה לנו, יאמר נא ישראל. יונתן חבקוק, בן 44, אב לחמישה, יובא בעוד זמן קצר למנוחת עולמים בבית העלמין ירקון בפתח תקווה, הלווייתו של בועז גול, בן 49, אב לחמישה, תצא גם היא בעוד זמן קצר מהר המנוחות בירושלים. מבית העלמין החדש בלוד, תצא הלווייתו של אורן בן יפתח, אב לשישה. הרב אברהם נחשון, רב הקהילה הדתית-לאומית באלעד, ספד לקורבנות ואמר, הם נרצחו רק בגלל שהיו יהודים. עזבו אותנו, ילדים. שני יהודים קדושים צדיקים, בועז ויונתן. הם נרצחו לא בגלל שהם גרים באלעד. אף אחד לא הכיר אותם, המחבלים לא הכירו אותם. הם רצו לפגוע באחד מהיהודים. פגיעה ביהודי אחד. כל אחד הוא אח שלנו. בתוך כך משעות הבוקר ממשיכים במשטרה ובצה"ל במרדף אחר המחבלים. אביו של אחד מהם, אסד ריפאי, סיפר כי הוא מנסה לאתר את בנו כבר יומיים, אך ללא מענה. כתבנו ג'קי חוגי עם הפרטים. האב יוסף ריפאי סיפר לעיתונאים פלסטינים שביקרו בביתו כי בנו וחברו הם טכנאי חשמל והם קיבלו עבודה לביצוע בעיר אלעד. לדבריו, הבן אינו משתייך לאף ארגון חמוש. בפעם האחרונה ראה את בנו לפני יומיים ולאחר ששמו התפרסם כאחד הרוצחים, ניסה להשיגו, אבל לא נענה. ידיעה שריכזו כתבנו מתן לוי, יונתן גריל ובר שמעון לוי. במועצה המקומית עיספיה, אישה בשנות ה-40 לחייה נפצעה באורח קשה לאחר שמעדה מגובה של 4 מטרים. צוות מגן דוד אדום פינה אותה לבית החולים רמב״ם בחיפה כשהיא מחוסרת הכרה וסובלת מחבלת ראש. שלושה פצועים בתאונת דרכים בדרך התעשייה בכרמיאל. אישה בשנות ה-30 לחייה וילד בן 9 באורח בינוני. פצוע נוסף ילד בן 7 באורח קל. בשתי תאונות אחרות שהראו מוקדם יותר היום נפצעו שישה בני אדם בדרגות פציעה שונות. ידיעה שריכזו כתבנו קובי מנדל ורמי שני. התחזית מעונן חלקית, ייתכן אסופות רעמים בצפון הארץ והטמפרטורות תהיינה נמוכות מהרגיל לעונה. מחר מזג האוויר יהיה דומה. אלה החדשות.
Stirring amidst the modern nation Gleaming bright white of ancient hope Don't try to explain her incomparable beauty Hold back the tears when you touch her wall This is where Shlomo created the temple of God His nexus of song and of prayer endures on and on Before that, in the Krakow, Nigun to open up the hour. Sphere Format Friday, Erev Shabbos, JM in the AM, candlelighting 737 in the New York area. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Had a great great day yesterday with Quizreel, uh, a big, big Yeshikoch, the Nefesh Benefesh, the charity bids to um, El Al and all the other sponsors. 
uh, Turo University and all the other sponsors. Uh, lots of great prizes, three great games. Big shout-out to our friends at Kushner Yeshiva High School. Boy, oh, boy, they swept the high school game pretty well, to say the least. And a big thank you and shout-out to um, all the schools. I got great feedback from YCQ and from Hafter and many others that had a, a wonderful time during Quiz Reel. So I'm glad we were able to do that. Special shout-out to Rabbi Landsman out of YCQ. And um, I thank him for tuning in and encouraging others to do so as well. Um, those who missed the uh, Yom Mode special yesterday, make sure to check out the archives at NahumSiegel.com and, of course, on the NSN app. Feel free to comment on the app. Go to the NSN NahumSiegel Network app for Android and iPhone and comment away. Sad day in Israel on this 5th of ER. Yeah, today's the 5th of ER. And uh, the 5th of ER is uh, generally Yom Ha'atzmut. It was moved this year because of the proximity to Shabbos. And the 5th of ER ends up being a um, very sad day. Is uh, in Lud, in um, Petach Tikva, and in uh, Yerushalayim. Funerals are taking place for fathers who were murdered yesterday by the uh, terrorists who are still at large. I'm sure we'll talk more about it when we get into our weekly update coming up at JM in the AM. Listener Danny is out there. Listener Danny, I was, <laughs> it's funny. Last night I'm driving home from Quizreal and I hear that the uh, the Mets are down like 7-1 in the ninth inning. And then I get home and my son tells me they came back and won. And listener Danny is paying tribute to that <laughs> victory with his Let's Go Mets on the NSN app. Uh, so yeah, I thought of him and all the other big Met fans, Shimon Lefkowitz and others, who probably enjoyed that big comeback. I could only imagine. Friday morning, Erev Shabbos here at JM in the AM. Full schedule, our Kedem presentation of the Erev Shabbos music mix all day long. Um, tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer Zwickler. Monday, it's, uh, excuse me, Sunday, it's Matis with JM Sunday beginning at 7 a.m. Eastern time. That's live and amazing every single week. Thank you, Matis. And, um, oh, a big shout out to Frisch. I mentioned this earlier also. A big shout out to Frisch. They got the first, third, fourth, and sixth places in the diaspora part of the um, of the Chidona Tanakh, the International Bible Contest. And Maya Tratt was the first place winner in the diaspora. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Um, yeah, I'm, I, I hope I have that right. It's a little bit of a confusing message, but I think I got that right. Anyway, so Frisch did really well. Mazal tov from all of us here at JM in the AM. Friday morning, Arab Shabbos. Harry Rothenberg has uh, plenty to say about this time of year. Oh, sorry about that. And we get an opportunity to hear it. Harry Rothenberg on a Friday morning, Arab Shabbos at JM in the AM. If I ask you a simple question, why is a year 365 days? But for the sticklers out there, approximately 365 and a quarter days, you'd answer me, science. That's how long it takes the Earth to travel around the sun. What if I ask you, why is a month approximately 30 days or 29 and a half days? You'd say to me, science. That's how long it takes the moon to travel around the Earth. And if I ask you, why is a day 24 hours? You'd say, wait for it, science. Because that's the length of time it takes the Earth to rotate once on its axis. But what if I ask you, why across the world is a week 
seven days, with the first day being Sunday and the last day being Saturday? The answer would not be science. It would be religion, one religion in particular, Judaism, because God told us in the Torah that he created the world in seven days and that the first one was Sunday and the last one on which he rested was Saturday, Shabbos. And so during this time period, when we finish the Pesach holiday, commemorating the Exodus, thanking God for liberating us from slavery in Egypt, across the 50-day period until the next major holiday of Shavuos, commemorating when we received the Torah from God at Har Sinai, we count each one of those days. But we don't just count days. We count weeks, each one of those seven weeks. The Shavuos holiday itself takes its name from the Hebrew word for weeks. Shavuos means weeks. Because we're reminding ourselves that God created the world and that God wrote the Torah. And that's so important before we re-accept the Torah on Shavuos because the Torah is not a book. If it was a book, it could be written by an anonymous author. You could enjoy a book even if you don't know who wrote it. You read that book, that was great. Who wrote it, by the way? I have no idea, but it was great. The Torah is a listing of all sorts of responsibilities, all the things that are asked of us, things that we're supposed to do, things we're not supposed to do. Now, I don't know about you, but I am not going to do something or not do something some rando who doesn't know me told me what to do or not to do. But if God wrote it, which he did, that's a game changer. God has every right to tell us what to do because he created us. But it's not just that. And we can't view it like that. Like, okay, what am I going to do? I don't want to do it. And it's so annoying. And it's so restrictive. But I guess I have to because God said so and he's the boss. No. It's not just that he wants us to do it. It's what's best for us. He created us. He's giving us this incredible guidebook and telling us whether you realize it or not. Trust me on this. You obey the rules in the Torah and you will lead deeply, meaningful, fulfilled, passionate, happy lives. So let's count and use these weeks to remind us that God created the world and he wrote the Torah. And we're going to get our opportunity in those several weeks on the Shavuos holiday to remember when he gave it to us and to rededicate ourselves towards it.
Yeah. 
From Mendy Werdiger, you heard the Friedman family in the Mayadidu selection, Avaraba from Satmar before that. In a uh, in a uh, Sphera format Friday, Erev Shabbos, Parshas Kedoshim, at least outside of Israel, it's Parshas Kedoshim. Candlelighting 737 in New York, just about 12 hours from now. Uh, Sunday is Mother's Day. Happy birthday, or I should say Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. And today is day 20 in the counting of the Omer. Day 20, two weeks and six days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. Malcolm Homeline coming up. We will get to our weekly update. Rabbi Yudin, of course, and much, much more here at JM and the AM. Big shout out to everybody who participated yesterday in Quizreel. Thank you to a charity bids. Thank you to Nefesh Ben Nefesh. A special shout out to Kushni Yeshiva High School who swept through the high school contest. Got great feedback in general from the uh, Quizreel yesterday. Big shout-out to Rabbi Landsman of YCQ. Big shout-out to our friends at Hafter and many other schools that were participating. Uh, We just got great reaction from them and um, was happy we were able to bring it to you to enhance your Yom mode. I hope it did enhance your Yom mode in a fun and educational way. It certainly sounds like uh, that's exactly what it did. And a lot of great prizes were given out. Thanks to the sponsors, the presenting sponsor, Elal, to Torah University, and all the sponsors of the individual rounds that um, participated with us yesterday during quiz reel jm and am friday morning arab shabbos great weekend programming as you would suspect including our arab shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at kedem all day long today um saturday night seagull with avrami tomorrow night with everybody eliezer's wickler on uh, sunday it's matis with jm sunday starting at 7 a.m eastern time live make sure to join him Lots going on. Lots of wonderful, great programming, even during a sphere of format right here at the Nahum Siegel Network. Weekly update and more coming up at JM in the AM. Yeah. 
Silberstein. I want to remind everybody about our friends at JewishWorldReview.com. JewishWorldReview.com is an amazing resource where you can uh, literally print out before Shabbos uh, thousands of articles about Israel and the Jewish world, news and opinion, and uh, get a, um, a really good perspective on a lot of different things. Go to JewishWorldReview.com. Check out their daily, their daily website and um, newsletter. And of course, as I like to say, go to the site and print out all the articles you need before Shabbos about Israel and the Jewish world at jewishworldreview.com. Um, Malcolm Honline is back in the United States of America as of yesterday, and he is with us every Friday morning at this time for the weekly update. Malcolm Honline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations, and as I said, joins us weekly for the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Mr. Holmline, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you. It's good to be with you and good to be back here. Appreciate that very much. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting and you can imagine that uh, I had one thought on my mind in terms of opening up this segment this week and that was the amazing Yom Atzmut celebration in Israel and nine and a half million citizens of Israel and all the different things that we need to celebrate and the miraculous day that the uh, that Yom Hatzmut is, uh, if, if anybody pays serious attention to modern Jewish history. And then, of course, the day ends in Israel with this, uh, uh, with, with this murderous rampage by two, as they're being described as, uh, as young kids, 19 and 20-year-old terrorists. I don't know why they're being described that way, but anyway. Um, and, of course, uh, three are dead. Funerals taking place in Lud, Yerushalayim, and Petach Tikva today. Uh, children left without fathers. These two characters are uh, still at large. Uh, any details I'm leaving out? Do you have any update regarding the Alad terror attack? Well, as you know, Alad is a religious community, basically a city, and people do not go around armed. The The attack was clearly planned. They had an axe and knives. They didn't use guns. And, you know, that's even a more brutal act when you strike somebody in that kind of way. Uh, it's so much more direct. And the people that they killed, I mean, left many, so many, many orphans, many dozens. And it's, uh, and there would have been more. There were people escaped uh, in miraculous ways. 
but unfortunately, the, 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 there's no way to, unless you seal the country to to prevent people from coming in. One of the things, of course, is closing all the fence up, which they are doing. And I saw the, some of the construction going on on gaps in the fence. But you know, people come in to work. People live there. They come from some of the communities, uh, often inside Israel, and the. the you know, there's no instant cure any more than there is in any other country for those carry out criminal attacks or terrorist attacks. You have to go to the sources, to the incitement, to the, and hold to account. Imams in the one in Lud, as you know, was arrested because he engaged in incitement before uh, Yom Atzmut. And he, he remember not long ago in Lud, uh, I actually went and saw the results of the pogrom there where, yeah. um, you know, it evoked images of the past that uh, sing burnt synagogues in Svarim and how some of the residents, the Arab residents, pointed out to the Jewish apartments, to the mobs as they were marching in. And so going after the imam who was responsible for some of the incitement, and you have to round up weapons, we have to... but. I mean, how are you going to stop getting axes? How are you going to stop having people having knives? Yeah, of course. And then these two apparently were in uh, the area illegally. <coughs> they weren't allowed to uh, to be there. Um, the um, I know that I brought this up the last couple of times we spoke, and I and I know that some of this is is abstract and hard to to get ones you know to get a handle on it. But the volume of it is it that there are so many more attempts now. Or is it that the attempts are more successful because the enemy is getting more clever in terms of defeating Israeli intelligence and not being found or, or, um, or, or being tracked? How would you, uh, this is a spike. This is a spike in terror. And I know Ramadan and all the other stuff, but there's a spike in terror attacks in Israel. Is it, is it a volume problem? Is it a security problem, an intelligence problem? What would you say? It's probably all of the above, but the, the, Real numbers are the ones that are prevented, uh, the, the much larger number, and they've been very successful. They've been uh, executing uh, searches and going after uh, people preventing attacks, many in the last few weeks. Uh, and as you know, there were clashes that emerged. Soldiers got wounded uh, as people started to respond to, to their actions, um, trying to round up people before they carried out an attack. For that, it reminds us the importance of intelligence on the ground and having the presence, the ability to to be there, and, and those who say that they should pull out troops and, and um, take other measures, which would make it much more difficult and it is more difficult now for them to, to operate and depends on the cooperation sometimes with the Palestinian Authority uh, security, which has been continuing uh, because it's a threat to them as well. And they, uh, but, but it's not as fulsome, I think, as it was. And so it, you have a combination uh, of factors. You also have a competition between Hamas and, and uh, the PA the, and the, uh, you know, people wanting to be the, the, the nationalist force. But also, you know, the the meeting in um, in the Negev was a spur for them to to attack because they saw how their case has been marginalized, that their, their activities and their failure to respond to to efforts to uh, negotiate to do anything to to be a responsible entity uh, led the uh, these Arab countries to come there, and the Palestinian issue hardly was discussed, and that enrages them even more. It feeds Hamas's uh, appetite. And, of course, you can be sure that Iran has a hand in, in trying to stimulate the, this um, 
these attacks, and the fact that the the PA continues to pay the families and the, the murderers, the families, their their uh, defendants, even, even as the PA leader is condemning the attack. He can condemn the attack all he wants. I want to see them announce that they will not get anything, that their families won't get anything, that uh, their houses will be destroyed. And, I don't. You, know, you see how the world criticizes Israel, but it is, in fact, an effective measure because these guys say, you know, we can be killed, but our families are going to be taken care of forever. Yeah. By the way, we haven't even joked in months about the fact that he's still in power. You know, we, we always talk about how long his term is and that he can't get elected out. And, right. and, and, and it's, and I, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe the lack of news about him, frankly, makes me think he's more marginalized and in less of a powerful position when it comes to the coalition of, you know, terror groups. If I have the nerve to put the PA in that. He's camp. trotted out when it's convenient for some of the others in the region or to, to, uh, you know, that Hamas delegation was invited to Moscow this week. This was. Oh, Russia's yeah, that's right. Retaliation and, and and the very fact that these murderers could be invited to a, to a state uh, is also how it shows how it, this is manipulated. Reminis- re- reminiscent of when they were invited to the Paris uh, you know, demonstrations after the attacks. Right, but this, uh, but here it's even more uh, blame because right. it's about Ukraine, not right. about the Middle East, that they were, you know, that he was trying to manipulate this. Right, understand. Um, but but the uh, if you look at the numbers, Abbas's popularity is so low, and people don't trust the PA. People don't look to the PA for leadership. There's uh, internal struggles constantly going on, and he knows that if he has an election, Hamas today certainly would be a formidable uh, would 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 might even win, and would certainly uh, his tar- term in office would be over. And, you know, it's a kleptocracy, and he wants yeah. to continue to support his family. i got to go back for a second to the terror attack. You know, it, it, you mentioned it's a religious community, and you mentioned the type of people and families that were affected directly by yesterday's attack. Uh, and generally speaking, and I hope I'm right about this. I don't know if you'd agree, but I think I'm right that generally speaking at the funerals, um, uh, generally uh, um, uh, those those um, those types of communities, the way we just described them, uh, do not let their anger out at the government. Maybe sometimes they do, but whether they do or not, today it happened. Today it happened where one of the rabbinic leaders who was who was eulogizing uh, one of the victims um, uh, did take out a um, it did make quite a powerful statement against the prime minister of Israel and, and essentially asked him to do tshuva uh, to repent um, uh, for all of this. And I. I you know, there, there are many people that that beyond what Bibi uh, um, experienced when he was in office, because we know that he was always the target of criticism when there were terror attacks. Security was his number one issue. But beyond that, because of the arrangement in the government between Bennett's party in, you know, and, and, those, and those Arab parties that were included, it seems that this prime minister, according to some people, that this prime minister's hands are tied even more is there legitimacy to that analysis that because of the broad coalition that was formed in order for him to become prime minister it it handcuffs him when it comes to tra- taking security measures against terrorists so again a very complicated question it's not a yes or no answer it's uh, you have to assess and analyze 
the fact that you have uh, an Islamist party inside the government, uh, which has condemned these, some of these attacks. Um, uh, people point to that. People are angry about the fact that you have a prime minister with six seats or now even has four seats in, 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 the, in the Knesset, yet right. they are able to have a government. So the political season is getting very ripe, and I saw it when I was there last week, um, the heightened politicization of, of things. The um, And because people are anticipating that there could be an election, the government could fall any day now, especially I, if the Knesset is going to come into session I think, this week for the I, first time. I think there's only one reason why it hasn't fallen, because because the government is hell-bent. Every member is hell-bent to make sure it doesn't fall, because they'd be just completely... So they all have a vested interest, which I've, we've talked about many times. Uh, it was an anti-BB coalition. That's what initiated it and what held it together, though there are differences. Now you see that the Ram party is trying to negotiate and leverage its position, and they froze their relationship with the coalition. We saw some breakaways from the coalition, um, and but the fear is that if they go to elections, certainly Bennett may, may not be in, the, in, in any government in the future, in the next government. Uh, others could, could lose, you could, or there could be a negotiated coalition. Uh, Benny Gantz has talked about joining we could and, and forming a majority without an election. There are a lot of uh, of different variations of what of what could happen, uh, and so the political the rise of politicalization of everything is is inevitable. Uh, but I think that there is anger because you, and you take it out against the government because the, you know what are you going to blame the policeman? You're going to blame somebody else. You you blame the the sources of it. Uh, we do it every the, the, democracy does it, uh, and you take it out, and the higher up you go to to put the blame. Now, I mean, obviously Bennett is very committed to to fighting terrorism. Every prime minister of Israel is committed to fighting terrorism. Nobody can be indifferent at this site of, of what they've seen in, in the last few weeks. And, you know, the number of people, it's almost 20 people who were killed in terrorist attacks. And this strikes every single person. Uh, one of the points is that, you know, even when, when you see that at the victims, let's say a religious Jew, how all the communities respond, all the people of Israel respond. It's not one or another. It's, it's people feel uh, unified in the response and there's no differentiations as to what sector of, of Israel they come from. Right. And, and and you saw it even with secular Jews who died, how many Haredi Jews show up at the funerals to show support and to, to be there. So I think the, you know, the, the, the lashing out is because they, they have no answer and they have to, to look for accountability. Could the government be tougher? I guess so. I don't know. It's easy to sit as an armchair general and tell them what they should be doing. But clearly there can't be the tolerance of this level of, of there has to be enough um, response that people are dissuaded from doing it. And whether it's they who pay, pay for the price, their families and others, those, those are the rules there. And they, they may seem strange to people in the West, but you've got to do whatever you can to prevent because the violence affects every community, including the Arabs. Uh, the sacrifice that our brothers and sisters make, I'll tell you, this was just, uh, and, and, and they're no closer. I, well, I, I mean, you'd have to assume that, you know, bl- blanketing the country with with military and security personnel, they will find these guys. I mean, they usually do, right? Yeah, the question is what more damage they do, and, right. and but they can also meld into society and, and you lose them. Yeah. into You know, they get hidden, they get smuggled out. By the way, we, we should remember not just Yom Atzimot, but the Yom Zikaron, yep. which marks that that's more than 24,000 
uh, Israelis since 1860, of people that died in the defense of, of Israel, particularly since 48. And, you know, we should also commemorate and remember that and, and think of the sacrifices that have been made. No question about it. That's why we spent a lot of time on both Yom HaZikaron on Wednesday, Yom HaTzmut yesterday. Today's the 5th of ER, but we explained why Yom HaTzmut is done in advance because of the proximity to Shabbos. Uh, that's something that people need to recognize. And also I'll just add that no matter what you think of uh, Israel Independence Day, I, I, as I say every year, there has to be a recognition, at least some type of recognition, that it is a miraculous day in Jewish history. Uh, keep that in mind, no matter what um, uh, part of our community you might come from. And this is America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored digital radio, around the world, the web, and AlchemSegal.com, and the AlchemSegal Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of major American Jewish organizations with us uh, with the weekly update. So tell me about the, um, uh, about well, let, you know, let's stay in Israel for a minute. Let's talk about the Temple Mount, especially in light of uh, what happened toward the end of Ramadan. And now uh, we see what happened this week as, as uh, over a thousand people, I think they said, ascended the Temple Mount, a thousand Jews uh, for Yom Atzmut, for Israel Independence Day. There is a... Um, uh, we, we mentioned last week that there is a an objection, a public objection from Jordan about the way things are going on uh, in Yerushalayim right now in the old city. Uh, any update on what's happening in the Temple Mount and what these clashes uh, might do to challenge the Bennett Coalition the same way I just asked earlier about the way that these terror attacks might challenge the Bennett Coalition? So we have to analyze why why is Jordan doing what it is doing, and not to excuse it, but to uh, actually, I believe it's condemnable what the behavior and the statements by the foreign minister and others. So first of all, he they play to the two thirds of their population who are Palestinian. Two, there's a struggle over control over the Harbaya, the challenge Iraq or Saudi Arabia, the Waqf getting independent, uh, the the uh, other forces, and and the king is the trustee for for the um, Waqf. This was an agreement that was reached after '67 and um, and even before the um, they exercised that role, though mostly in, in negligence, not in in action. Uh, so. You have to look at what his what what uh, Jordan's interest in this uh, situation is, and that is not to be isolated. But it was uh, an inexcusable uh, reaction in the condemnations that that follow, and the statements that followed, with threats um, uh, attached to some of the uh, statements. Right. But in practicality, they didn't do anything, and they didn't change their relationships. They didn't uh, take action. I, I think Morocco called back their ambassador briefly, but uh, and there were statements made by almost all the Arab uh, Abraham Accord countries and others because they have to respond because of their own domestic populations and the street. But there was most of them are pretty mild, and most of it was not sustained. Right. Uh, obviously, you know that Turkey and others are playing a role in Iran <clears throat> in stimulating and inciting some of the violence, even Russia made some statements that were pretty insightful. The, um, so the king, the, the Jordanian reaction uh, was really one of, of trying to assert its, its control and its relevance to the events there, two, that to send a message to the Israeli government, and three, most of all, to its own domestic population. Um, is, is this going to affect the coalition the way that the terror attacks could, the way you described earlier? 
um, well, every every one of these things weakens the coalition. But um, I don't think. But on the response to a thing like this is really unified. Everybody wants to see the violence quelled. Israelis, them, Israel's forces demonstrated restraint, really amazing restraint that they didn't disrupt the services to, to catch the people. And you know, <clears throat> you can identify those, even those who look at the pictures, you know who's going in there to pray and who's going in there to do violence. Because if they have their shoes on, yeah. they ain't going in there to pray. You pointed that out and, last week. I thought that, and, was, that, and, was, a, that was a good tip. <laughs> Right, right. I'm thank you that that I started looking now more and more at all the pictures, right. and and that you know that this was planned. They had stockpiled large numbers of these rockets and the fireworks and other things, so people shouldn't believe that this was spontaneous response to anything. It's organized. It's outside uh, instigation, and um, you know uh, certainly um, a lot of. Uh, parties are involved in the collaborative effort to to engage in these kind of activities. Not everybody. You have to remember that the number of people participated was a fraction of the participants in the thing. If 50,000 people went, less than 500 people were involved in all the violence. And there were days when it was 100,000 or 150,000 people who had come to pray on, on a single day. That's really the story. Right. <laughs> that but that Israel but allowed all these people to come. But then... When they started throwing rocks over the Kotel and you start seeing some, you know, they crossed every red line. And if Israel went in to respond to prevent violence, then, of course, they all jumped on it. And, and uh, we should be going to the source and find out who's, who's instigating this. It doesn't take much to get, you know, a couple dozen you know, people to start throwing rocks and, and, um, and, and holding the walk accountable for allowing them to store the things in, in the mosques. Uh, and with it all, it was still contained pretty well. Yeah, but it's those 500 that uh, we're most concerned about. I mean, I know, I know you know that, but I mean, you know, that's the uh, that's the problem. It might be a minority. But the image that's given by the media right. here is that everybody rose up, that this is a massive right. uh, response. And in fact, that, that was not the case. Yeah, I hear that. Um, all right. In the United States, if I have the name pronounced properly, Corinne Jean-Pierre is going to be the next press secretary. This is somebody who was an official for Move On, which is a pretty active group in uh, many different political arenas. And uh, somebody who apparently called for the boycott of the APAC conference by presidential candidates and presidents themselves at one time. Your reaction to this uh, woman who is scheduled to replace uh, Jen Psaki? Well, it's a very disturbing appointment, given exactly the points that you made and her explanation of her position on the APAC, um, the boycott of the APAC conference and saying it's not progressive, they don't share our values. I mean, it, it could have been a squad statement um, when you read it. So it's it's very disturbing, and obviously this is a choice they make internally. It's not something subject to confirmation or anything, but I, I believe that this will be an issue we will hear a lot more about. Um. It'll be interesting to see the members of the press and how they deal with her. Um, so you remember, and I, I'm not saying this in a cynical manner, just it, it reminds me, I mean, and it, was, and it was a very serious issue. I'm not uh, I'm making light of it at all, but you remember, of course, uh, a couple of decades ago, uh, and it comes up every few decades uh, or every few years, the issue of who is a Jew, and of course that's a very serious topic and, and one that international jury, you know, um, uh, delves into and debates, and obviously the state of Israel is at the center of that whole debate and discussion. And I, I'm, I'm saying this a little bit tongue in cheek, but what I saw this week uh, from uh, from the foreign minister of Russia, 
sort of reminded me of of uh, not who is a Jew, but who is a Nazi. You know, if we have confusion in our own, you know, among our own people about who is or, or, or should not be designated as a member of our faith, it seems like now all of a sudden there's confusion about who's a real Jew hater and who's not. And can that person actually have Jewish roots or not? Could you shed some light on the foreign minister of Russia and his confusion about who was a Nazi? I don't think there's any confusion. Um, he, he doubled down on it afterwards and then claiming that Hitler was of Jewish descent, the worst anti-Semites are Jews. Sometimes that is true, but that is not the uh, response. And um, supposedly in a conversation last night with Prime Minister Bennett, uh, President uh, Putin apologized for the comments, although in their readout of the conversation there's no mention of an apology. Uh, I think that this is... Um, you know, in the week of, of Yom HaShoah, when Yom HaShoah, uh, Holocaust Memorial Day was commemorated and everything for, for him to make this outrageous and and uh, blasphemous uh, statement. And more than that, it shows that, that it, Russia is starting to retaliate for what they see as Israel's support for the Ukraine or help to the Ukraine, even though there are others who are criticizing us for not doing enough, although, you know, humanitarian and other levels, they've done much more than all the countries who are complaining about them. And when you have half the countries in the world virtually haven't said anything, or or many, many dozens, and, and yet they're not subject to any of the criticism. Yeah. Um, but uh, Lavrov, who's somebody I've met many times, was never a good guy, and he... Um, he always had harsh comments in our meetings, but this was uh, this was over the top, and and it shows to what degree they are frustrated and that they are you know reaching out to even make this comparison to 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 try and denigrate Zelensky, who they identify with Nazism and saying this is part of their their in, intent in Ukraine is to denazification of the Ukraine. There are Nazi supporters. They're not neo-Nazi types in, in, in the Ukraine. I mean, they've been manifest before, but they're not, certainly not where the government is at or, or um, uh, Zelensky himself. You know, what so, conf- you know what confuses me? If, if the last couple of prime ministers have had a pretty good relationship in terms of their leadership in relation to Russia, and it, and it seems like that's the case. It seems like there's open dialogue and uh, you know, forget about the Ukraine war now for a moment. I'm talking about pre-Ukraine war. It seemed like there were years of you know pretty good relationship. How how does a government and its leaders uh, establish and maintain that type of relationship when the foreign minister, the person responsible for representing their country to other countries, has this hatred for Israel and Jews? So I think that you, first of all, he's been there for 20 years, 30 years. Um, and the policy in this case is certainly made by Putin, who has demonstrated in different occasions sentiments, pro-Israel sentiments. Uh, the, the danger for Israel there is, is manifest. They're, they're uh, manifold. One is the Jews in Russia, and they could feel increasing pressure. And even Rabbi Gazar said it would be nice if there would be an apology. I think that came from domestic pressure. You see even some of the... Jewish oligarchs coming out with uh, and leaders making statements about it inside the country, which is very unheard of. They uh, so one is is that the concern about what happens to the Jews in Russia. Two is Russia sitting on Israel's border in Lebanon in in Syria and playing a very critical role and could allow the their anti aircraft systems to limit the maneuverability of the Israeli air force. Um, 
then and then of course you have trade you have a lot of other issues and Russia's ability to do what they did in inviting Hamas to come it could be symbolic but it also could be practical it could have weapons it could have other things that could be involved in their ability to retaliate against Israel uh, so in the beginning there seemed to have been acceptance that Israel was in an impossible position being pressed by left right and Bennett at least gave an outlet for it by, by negotiating. Right now it doesn't look like he's negotiating, but the fact that he had the conversation with the, with Putin, right. there were reports that Putin was going to have a cancer operation. I don't see that that is in fact happening, but he, he certainly doesn't look well in the pictures. Um, and he's beginning to feel the bite because the body bags and the reports of, of their losses are coming back home, and Russians have no tolerance for body bags. Don't That's all, why they incinerate a lot of the bodies. Don't all leaders during wartime look worse than usual? Well, I don't think Winston Churchill looked worse than, than usual. I don't think that uh, during the Gulf War that they looked worse than usual. I think that depends. It depends on what kind of leadership they give. Look at Zelensky and, and, and how he, he, he was very unpopular before the war. You know, he was a comedian. He didn't have a real political background. I met with him several times. You know, he wasn't overly impressive, and yet he rallied. <laughs> and today yeah, he's very popular in, about, in the Ukraine. Talk about, me? talk about the times making the man. Right, exactly. So there are, it, it depends each yeah, individual, how they respond to it. They can show weakness. They can show strength. Yeah, he true. showed remarkable strength. He didn't leave. <clears throat> Man, people believe if he left Kiev, then they would have, uh, they would have fallen. Finally, Malcolm, those who are paying attention to the Sunday talk shows and some of the other uh, stuff that's being discussed, even the, even the more, um, uh, you know, Biden supportive commentators, seem to finally be admitting that the uh, the clock when it comes to Iran is ticking and ticking very quickly. I mean, when, when some of these officials now describe the capabilities of Iran now and, and, and what will happen just a few months down the road, it is horrifying to, first of all, to see that it's nowhere in the headlines. That's number one, which I'm sure frustrates you as well. But secondly, it's horrifying to consider what the United States is doing here instead of uh, being tough on Iran, still negotiating and still possibly heading towards some type of agreement. So, <clears throat> I mean, it should be no surprise to your listeners because we have discussed it. We've warned about it for years, uh, analyzing all the things that are happening today, almost without exception, about what the buildup was, what the what was happening inside the country, what their aggressiveness outside the country. <clears throat> I think some of the remarkable things this week is one, the Mossad's amazing action. They captured a suspect last week in Iran interrogated him in Iran, where he admitted that they were going to kill a U.S. general, they were going to kill an Israeli official, they were going to kill other people. Uh, he admitted he was paid a million dollars to do it. He was involved with drug smuggling and other things. But uh, that that the Israel was able to do this in Iran and, and let it be known as a message to the Iranian government that they have the freedom to, to operate and, and the, you know, the threats that are coming from Iran are happening unabated. They organized the Al-Quds Day demonstrations, both in Jerusalem and around the world and all over, um, all over Iran. There were Al-Quds, meaning Jerusalem Day, which they've done since the revolution in 79. Uh, their incitement and actions against Israel is still paying the terrorist organization and with weapons, et cetera, continues unabated. Now you have, for the first time, 16 Democrats joined the Republicans in a, mess, a message to the president saying, 
and any New Deal, including uh, Schumer and others, uh, Booker, uh, Gillibrand, uh, some the people know and others, uh, signed on to this. And again, it's not binding, it's not legislation, but it said we don't want a New Deal that removes the sanctions against the IRGC. We don't want a deal that doesn't take into account the other activities of Iran, meaning the regional aggressiveness and their ballistic missile program, neither of which is covered by the JCPOA. What's really happening in the negotiations is, is obscure. Uh, you know, the Russians were really dictating much of the process. We're representing them in, in Vienna at the talks, but they were also inside in Tehran in the Supreme Leader's house and others in negotiations, and we're pushing a much harder line. For Russia, it would benefit both ways. If there's a deal, then Russia gets to export all the stuff through Iran. If there's no deal, then... The Oil stays high. I mean, there are a lot of other ramifications. Right. I'm simplifying it just for people's to, to see the complexity and how everything is interrelated. So you see that in Congress, people are, are turning against the deal. The more aggressiveness that uh, we expose and very little of, of the truth about how much Iran is doing is it gets out. But uh, the the um, uh, their their uh, increased export of, of the technology and, and weapons, their linkages with Russia and China, and the fear that there could be a new uh, relationship established. I think Russia emerges from all of this much weakened, that people see that it's largely a paper tiger, that they couldn't take Ukraine, which is not exactly a world power, and with the investment that they made, uh, 150,000 troops, etc., that their equipment broke down, that they, a lot of it was outdated. Maybe this will all result in massive corruption trials, that the money was not spent on the weapons that, that he was told. And certainly the reports that Putin seems to have been getting were not accurate accounts of, of what's happened and that they've lost maybe 20,000 people, soldiers, in, in Ukraine, which will be a very heavy reaction inside Russia. So Iran continues all of the, despite the seven-week pause in the negotiations, there are still, the administration and others are still pushing to try to get a deal. I think there's less and less support and less and less likelihood as we move ahead. Do you have any idea how many Ukrainian refugees have returned to Ukraine? Like approximately, like, is it significant or it's just a... Oh, no, it's significant that the, the, the number of people who have gone back, people, you know, left the houses. Unfortunately, when they come back, they find many houses have been looted by Russians, by others, uh, by the people who stayed behind. Um, and, you know, many of them went to Germany because it would give them the ability to go back. Um, you do have a, a sharply increased aliyah from Russia, from Belarus, and from the Ukraine to Israel. But we don't know how long people will stay and, and how permanent it is. The, uh, I think for the Russians who are leaving, it is going to be more permanent. And the the um, uh, but they've talked about hundreds of thousands supposedly returning. But you're talking now of perhaps four or five million refugees who who have left the Ukraine. Um, someone told me in Israel that the overwhelming majority of Ukrainian refugees who are now in Israel are planning on going back. Did they, did they get full Israeli citizenship? Was that part of the whole? Uh uh, it's very complicated, and I, I try to get the hard statistics and stuff. It's, uh, it's almost impossible. First of all, the majority of the people who Israel has allowed to, to come in for refuge are not Jewish, and right. so they're not eligible for automatic citizenship. The Jews are, under the law of return, eligible for automatic citizenship. Many are taking it and, and are moving into Israel, seem to be absorbed, and, and to be uh, the government is doing a lot. So are Jewish organizations, a 
others uh, involved in the, in Ukraine and elsewhere to help get the Jews out or to, to sustain them. I think it's a remarkable effort. It's a huge amounts of money. I hope it's all being spent well, and people should check when they give what they're giving for and to make sure that it's, it's legitimate. But the uh, uh, conditions in the country are, are obviously very severe, and the majority of the Jews are still there. Um, uh, but the uh, the trend, many people believe, is that those who are on the border places, when interviewed, talk about returning to their homes. Uh, it's the 5th of ER. Uh, normally, uh, not for the proximity to Shabbos. Today would be uh, Israel Independence Day, Yom Ha'atzmaut. Right. Uh, Malcolm, just a, a word about uh, no matter how... Uh, no matter what anyone thinks or what part of the community they come from, not to recognize that today is a day of a, uh, a miraculous uh, episode in our history would be foolish. People need to recognize that today was a significant day in modern Jewish history. Yeah, I won't go through it, but they should go back and read what Cook said when, when attacked about the dressing up in Big Day Yantav in his holiday clothing to mark the St. Remo uh, Agreement. And uh, he reminded everybody of the Sukim and Tilim, and the, uh, people should know that this is, regardless of your political views or your whether you believe religiously, it's, uh, it's justified or not. Anybody who doesn't see the miracle of what it means to have nine and a half million people in Israel, to see all that Israel has accomplished. And I heard Rip Steinman say that this is a Medina Shal Chesed, 150,000 people learning full-time in Israel. And we all have to recognize whatever your political views, whatever your, your orientation, it doesn't matter. Anybody who doesn't see it, it will not rejoice in it, and uh, and you go back and understand what the makar, what the origin of that uh, comment is. Yeah, the greatest funder of Torah education in the history of the world is, of course, the state of Israel, and uh, that has to be recognized. And in general, the miracle of today has to be acknowledged, no matter uh, what uh, your beliefs, politically or religiously, might be. Malcolm, I thank you. Have a wonderful Shabbos, and uh, Mir Tashem will speak next week. Here's a shame. Be well. Have a good challenge. Malcolm Holmline is Executive Vice Chairman of the Conference of Presidents of Major American Jewish Organizations with us Fridays for uh, the weekly update here at JM in the AM. Coming up tomorrow night, Avrami hosts Saturday Night Siegel. Don't forget that uh, Matis has JM Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern Time is coming Sunday morning. It's always live and pretty, um, pretty remarkable. Join Matis on Sunday morning. You can make your uh, JM week a seven-day week. Well, not JM because Saturday Night Seagull is not a JM program, but you can make your JM week six days a week, Sunday through Friday. Keep that in mind. I want to thank our friends at A&H, Abels and Hyman. Yesterday was a big grilling day. It was Yamat's Mud after all. I'm sure that Abels and Hyman had plenty of product out there that was being enjoyed by so many people. And I thank Abels and Hyman for being an amazing sponsor of ours here at the Nahum Seagull Network. I also remind you that our friends at Art Scroll have a um, uh, an amazing deal, and that is if you use promo code radio every time you check out from artscroll.com, use promo code radio, you get free shipping and a great discount. That's the rule. Always use promo code radio at artscroll.com. And a big shout-out and thank you to our friends at uh, Nefesh Benefesh and the Charity Bids and El Al and Tur University and everybody who's responsible for yesterday's quiz reel. I want to give a special shout-out to Kushni Yeshiva High School. They swept the high school division. I want to give a special shout-out to all the schools that were involved during the day. Uh, Rabbi Landsman at YCQ uh, gave us great reaction to yesterday. Hafter gave us great reaction to yesterday, and other schools did as well. Uh, and um, and congratulations to all the winners. Uh, oh, wait, we in fact got a uh, we in fact got a note from someone. Uh, where is it here? Let me just pull this up for a second before we get to Rabbi Yudin. 
Uh, we watched the quiz reel. Uh, Nachum announced that my husband won the history section. It was actually my son, Ariel Atkin, 12 years old, RPRY. You get credit for winning that round, <laughs> even though you were logged in under your father's name. So you get credit for that at the age of 12. Congratulations on your gift from all of us here at JM in the AM. Because there were prizes for every round. So if you won a round, you automatically won a prize. Simple as that. Uh, this, time, this time each and every Friday, every Arab Shabbos, with great pleasure, we present Rabbi Benjamin Uden. Spiritual Leader Emeritus, Congregation Shomri Torah in Fairlawn, New Jersey, to address the entire listening audience concerning the Torah portion of the week. Good morning, Rabbi Yudin. Good morning, Nachum. Good Rabbi Shabbos, everybody. Tomorrow we have the privilege of reading Parshas Kedoshim. Parshas Kedoshim, according to the Chinuch, contains 51 Mitzvos. Now, considering there are only 64 psukim in the whole parsha, that's a lot of mitzvos for that number of psukim. Very interesting how the 51 mitzvos are divided. There are 38 restrictions, 38 losas say those shall not, and 13 mitzvos say 13 positive mitzvos. And it's my privilege once again to quote from Rav Kanatapsky, who taught very interestingly that Kedusha is demonstrated more by man's withholding himself back rather than doing a positive action. And so 38 holding backs, thou shalt not, creates more Kedusha than the 13, not because of numbers, but because of the nature. Very often, a positive mitzvah is related to an object, a mezuzah, a parrot fill-in, a sukkah, a shofar, a lulav, etc. Whereas a restrictive mitzvah, a losase, is curbing the individual, refining his character. Okay, I'd like to focus this morning with you on a pasuk at the very end of the parsha. It happens to be uh, the second verse in Shvi'i. It's chapter 20. Pasuk 24, I'll be honored if you bring the Chumash to the table once again, chapter 20, Pasuk 24, and the Torah teaches, starting with the previous Pasuk, we are warned not to follow the ways of the nations that Hashem is driving out from before us when we come into the land, because these actions which they did were those of abomination and God was most displeased with them. And now we come to our verse. God says to you, the Jewish people, you will inherit their land. And then, and I, 
Etenenu Lachem will give to you Loreshis Osah to inherit it Eretz Zavas Cholav Udvash, a land flowing with milk and honey. Ani Hashem Alokechem, I am your God, Asher Dalti Eschem, who have separated you, Minu Amim, from the nations. The Orachayim HaKadosh on this verse asks the following question. The Pesach begins by saying that Hashem has told Bnei Yisrael, you shall inherit the land, period. What's this additional, and I, I will give to you to inherit the land? Which one is it, man or God? Eretz, then Eretz Zavas Cholov Udvash. So he says very clearly what's going on here. He says that aside from that land which you will inherit, Hashem will add additionally that the land will be flowing with milk and honey more than what it produced before you. In other words, the land is going to be for you flowing with milk and honey. It's going to produce specially for B'nai Yisrael. And he goes on to say that this verse is including in the negative that when you are not on the land, the land will not yield its produce. Now, this happens to be a hinting at that which the Torah says explicitly in Parshas Berukosai. The Torah is talking about when the Jewish people, unfortunately, will be sent out of Israel into exile, says the Torah in the Tohacha, in Berukosai, chapter 26, Basuk 32, Vashimosi Ani Esoritz. God promised that I will make the land desolate. And Vishomamu Oleha Oyevechem and your enemies who live upon it, who will try to make a go of the land when you're not there, the enemies that are there, Vishomamu Oleha, the land will not produce for them. Incredible. And what does Rashi say on this verse? Zumi Yisrael. This is good tidings for the Jewish people, that the enemies will never find comfort to the land. Amazing. Pinch yourselves, everybody, because for the last 1,800 years, prior to the late 1880s, and therefore going further, the land of Israel for 1800 years was desolate. All the nations that tried to develop the land could not. And when we have come back to the land, the land is producing. The Gemara in Sanhedrin, Sadiches Omeralev, 98a, teaches in the name of Rabbi Abba. Ein Kates Megula Mizeh. There's no clearer indication 
of the end of days as to when the Geula, the redemption, is going to come, how are we going to know if it's the time of redemption? Says Rabbi, says Rabbi Abba, go to the Navi Yecheskel in chapter 36, verse 8. And what does the Navi say? The Navi says, Viatim, and you, who is he talking to? Hore Israel, the mountains of Israel. Anpechem titenu, give forth your branches. Uperiachem tisu, and bear your fruit. Laami Israel, for my people Israel, kikervu lavo, for they are soon to come. In other words, how are you going to know when the Jewish people are coming home? Eretz Yisrael will yield its fruit in abundance shortly before the redemption. And this is the clearest sign of all that the exile is about to end. No question that over the years, Eretz Yisrael did not produce for the many different Turks, British, Ottomans, you name it, whatever. And it does and is producing for Am Yisrael. Open your eyes. Not only say thank you, Hashem, for what's happening in Eretz Yisrael, but thank you, Hashem, that we are privileged to see this happening before our eyes in Eretz Yisrael. The Gemara in Megillah, Yud Zayin, says that the 19 brachos of the Shemona Esrei are not a random order, but there is a clear reason for why bracha 2 follows bracha 1, etc., etc. Now why is it that the ninth bracha coming after Rifa'inu, and Rifa'inu, parenthetically, healing us, goes with the eighth bracha, because Mila, circumcision, is on the eighth day. And a Kodesh Baruch who sends Eliyahu Malach Abris to heal the baby, and once he's healing babies, he's healing others as well. Which is why the bracha of Rafua is number eight. Now what's number nine? Hashem, please give us our allowance. Barech Hashem Elokeinu, Es Hazos. Please make this year a bumper crop. Please make this year a successful one. And then, bracha number ten is Kibbutz Golios. Tekabeshofel Gadol Lecheruseinu. Please, Hashem, sound the shofar to mark the ingathering of our exiles. Now I ask you, if you had to prioritize whether you want your allowance or you're asking for the Jews from all over the world to come home to Eretz Yisrael, come on, which one would you have put first? I hope I would have put the kibbutz kolios before asking for my allowance. And the Gemara says, no, what it means, and from now on, when we say the Shemona Esrei, let it take an additional few seconds. And when you say the Bracha, Barech Aleinu, we're asking God to prepare the land of Israel, that it should produce, that it should be able to feed 
all the people that are coming home. When I invite you to my home for dinner, and I say, please, dinner is at 6 o'clock. When you come to my home, I don't say to my wife, oh, what would you like me to go and get from the kosher supermarket? No. If I don't know that you're coming is one thing. But if I know you're coming, I'm going to prepare in advance. And so, Parech Oleinu, number nine, is preparing in advance. And we're praying for that the land should produce in order for Am Yisrael to come home. That the bracha of Barech Oleinu is really a invitation for Kibbutz Golios. I have to tell you that Mark Twain was not especially a lover of the Jew. He went and he visited Palestine and he writes he cannot believe how desolate the land was in the late 1800s. And the answer, my friend, is HaKadosh Baruch Hu babysat the land. Vahashimusi Ani the land was kept desolate so that when we came home, the land was waiting for us. What an incredible fulfillment of brachos that we see before our eyes today. And we pray that that which we are seeing is just the portent of Amir Tzashem. The best is yet to come. Shabbat Shalom to all.
JM and the AM Sphere Format Friday here at JM and the AM. On this Arab Shabbos Parshas Kedoshim, at least uh, outside of Israel, it's Parshas Kedoshim. Candle lighting at 737 in New York. Make sure you know when things start where you are. Today is day number 20 in the counting of the Omer. Uh, two, uh, two weeks and six days. Day number 20. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. Also, Sunday is Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there from all of us here at JM in the AM. Yes, yes. Happy Mother's Day uh, to all the moms. Great weekend programming. Don't forget, right after JM in the AM, our Arab Shabbos music mix brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem goes on all day long. Thank you, Kedem. Um, Saturday Night Seagull with Avrami and Rabbi Eliezer's Wickler tomorrow night starting at the 9 p.m. Eastern time. On uh, Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis. And that's going to happen uh, at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. Make sure to be tuned in. It's live, JM Sunday with Matis. If you missed our Yom Mut special yesterday, the archive is available at NachumSiegel.com. And, of course, on the NSN app yesterday's Yom Mut special included uh, Mayor Milim with Rabbi Benji Kramer, uh, which was really insightful about the Hatikva, the National Anthem of Israel. Uh, it included Yishai Fleischer from Hebron. It included uh, our... 
uh, reading of a transcript of the words of the Rav on the 10th anniversary of the State of Israel. Thank you to Dr. Arnie Lustiger for providing that for us. It was a um, a pretty comprehensive special. Uh, we missed Mayor Weingarten tremendously, as you can imagine. Uh, but we tried our best, and hopefully he... Uh, I definitely know that if he, if he heard yesterday's special, I definitely know that the piece from the Rav... He was very proud that we um, jumped on it when we discovered it, <laughs> that I'm sure. Um, anyway, so that's the special for Yom Mood, and it's available, of course, in the archive section of NahumSigl.com and on the NSN app. If you don't receive our daily thread or weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami. If you don't receive our daily thread or weekly newsletter, just write to Avrami and let him know, and he will take good care of you. It's af at nachomsegel.com, af at nachomsegel.com. And I want to welcome, I see even in the month of May already, we've got uh, more and more uh, people signing up to our app. Pretty amazing. What do we do in April? Let's see. Pretty nice number in April. Um, let's see here. Yeah, we get it. We get, we get an average of, it looks like we're averaging like 30 a month for the longest of times and i'm so happy that, that continues so thank you to everybody keep signing up and uh, keep uh, being part of the uh, action going on on the nsn app specifically our great live programming and our wonderful round the clock programming and uh, feel free to comment on the app go to the uh, nsn Nahumsegal network app for android and iphone and comment away JM in the AM. We're in our Sphera format. Friday, Erev Shabbos at JM in the AM.
Kamcha done by Erach Miel Begun in the Miami Boys Choir Off their Sphera album Entitled Around the Campfire Here at JM in the AM Want to again thank the um, uh, folks at uh, Nefesh Benefesh And the Charity Bids And all the great sponsors of the Quiz Reel Contest yesterday We had a, an amazing time with it And I thank um, everybody at Charity Bids For including Excuse me for including me in the proceedings. It was uh, really a lot of fun and a full day affair because we did both of the uh, school competitions and did the nighttime competition for the people tuned in around the world. And uh, again, it was just a uh, a nice experience, fun and educational. We've gotten great reaction, as I said earlier, from many of the uh, the schools themselves, and. Uh, it was really nice to be part of it, so I thank you for that. Erev Shabbos Music Mix continues all through the day, brought to you by the wonderful people at Kedem. Make sure to be tuned in, everybody. You don't want to miss all the great Erev Shabbos selections between now and candlelighting time. Happy Mother's Day to all the moms out there. We'll be celebrating on Sunday, please, God. Time to take a Shabbos journeys, JM and the AM.
Brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's your favorite America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program heard on listener-sponsored digital radio, around the world, web, and and the Network, and of course, on the beloved NSN app. Wraps up an amazing week for us here at JMNAM, and I thank all of you for tuning into the Nachum Siegel Network. Don't forget, all day long, Kedem presents the Arab Shabbos Music Mix all the way until candle lighting time. Tomorrow night, Saturday night, Siegel with Avrami. Tune in right after Havdalah. And um, Sunday, it's JM Sunday with Matis starting at 7 a.m. Eastern time. That is live every single Sunday. Thank you, Matis. Monday, um, join us for JMNAM starting at 6 a.m. Eastern time. And have a fabulous weekend. Happy Mother's Day, and have a great Shabbos, everybody. Let's pray for our brothers and sisters in Israel after all that they went through again uh, at the end of Yom Atzmud. Till next time, Nachum Segal reminding you, remember the past, live the present, and trust the future.